Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. What's going on, everybody? Happy Tuesday. Thanks for hanging out with us here on the Lombardi line on VSIN. Michael Lombardi out today. One last stop on his book tour promoting football done right, which if you haven't got it yet, what are you doing? Um, so we will miss our guy today, but fortunate to have an amazing relief pitcher in Will Hill. You've seen him all over the network. Also part of the Fox Sports family with the Bear Bets podcast, working with Chris the Bear Felica. Welcome in, Will. Thanks for doing this, buddy. How are you? Stormy, I'm excited. I am honored. We, I wish we had a better game from last night to discuss, but <laughs> a lot to get to. Futures, awards, playoffs. We got some good guests, so it should be fun. Yes, absolutely. A jam-packed two hours talking all things NFL and college football, news and notes, games to preview. And like you said last night on Monday Night Football, the good news is we had an NFL game last night. The bad news is we had that NFL game last night. Well, uh, 27-6 ends up being the final. Chargers getting the win and cover against the Jets at MetLife Stadium. But it was a rough offensive performance from all areas. Did you have action on the game? How would you unpack things? Oh, I had the Jets. And, and honestly, I, I, I don't know how you are. I can't go to bed like when my bets are still in, in when I have <laughs> action pending. I was almost rooting for because I didn't think the Jets were going to cover it, you know, for, for most of the game. I was like, you know what? I hope the Chargers just put them away so I can go to sleep here. Eventually, I, I stayed up until the defensive touchdown. It's interesting. Sometimes you have to admit when you're lucky. We have to admit when you're unlucky. Yeah. Man, I got I was getting three and a half in a game where neither team did anything on offense. And I know people, you know, you lose a bet. You can think of a million excuses of why you lost. I don't want to do that. But there were seven fumbles in the game. But the Chargers recovered six of them. There was a punt return for a touchdown. The Jets outgained them in terms of total yards. The Jets outgained them in terms of yards per play. If you're getting three and a half in a game where nobody does anything, usually you're in pretty good shape. So that was, uh, I think, a misleading box score. I'm not blown away by how the yeah. Chargers played. How could you be? Um, I, I think the takeaway for this, I think this really killed the Jets' chances to make the playoffs because if you got to five and three, you got the Raiders this week, all right, you could just, hey, maybe you win this week and you just play 500 the rest of the way, you get to 10 wins. Now you sit there at four and four. And let's face it, every time the Jets do win a game, it's like pulling teeth. It's like a, a mini miracle, like an act of God it takes for them to win these games. Now you're probably going to have to go six and three to get to 10 wins. If you get to nine, you're dealing with a scenario where, all right, the Chargers have a tiebreaker against you. So 
big picture, I think it's gonna be very hard for the Jets to overcome this and make the playoffs. A, a painful game to watch. Let's let's be honest. That was a tough watch last night, and uh, I think really a crippling loss for the Jets. Yeah, and as somebody who early on in the game was like, you know what, the Chargers' offense is struggling as much as they are right now. I'll take a live line plus twelve and a half on the Jets. Even that was the wrong side because just all the turnovers, they couldn't put it together. It was really unfortunate, and you kind of knew. And I say this, I feel like every week when we see the symbols for the team coming up across the board with the ESPN group making their picks. But when everybody comes up Jets, I feel like all the money was coming in on the Jets plus the points as well. And it took a long time to finally move off that three and a half to the three. Michael and I talked about that a little bit yesterday. He's like, it kind of feels a little bit trappy. And that ends up being the case. Um, But you mentioned the playoffs. I mean, still four and four. And oddly enough, because of the way things have played out, they're still in the thick of the hunt for the AFC East. But to make... Make the playoffs, to your point, plus 250 to miss, minus 310. ESPN Analytics gives them just a 13% chance to make the playoffs. Their updated season win total at 8.5 as well. Um, But because you mentioned that, I do think it's interesting, and I know we're talking about this every week, and it's probably not that worthwhile to bring up, but Aaron Rodgers was apparently asked by Derwin James after the game when he's going to be coming back out there. And he said in a few weeks, and we saw him doing the pregame shenanigans on the field again. He looked very perturbed every time that an ESPN camera cut to him on the sideline watching another turnover or another drive stall. Is that realistic in your mind? Just because you and I haven't talked about this before. Do you think that there's potential that Aaron Rodgers could come back and just the spirit of Aaron Rodgers could be enough to lift them to a couple more of these wins that they otherwise might not have had? Yeah, and you go back and you watch him say that and you rewatch it a few weeks. He said it very matter-of-factly, very casually. A few weeks could be three, it could be six. I've had this belief. I think the popular thing, you know, the common thing is when he says, hey, I'm going to come back this year, people kind of snicker or laugh. I actually think if they got into the playoffs, which I just mentioned, I think now it's going to be hard for them. Yeah. I actually think he's, you know, he thinks differently enough. He's, I don't want to say crazy, but he he, he would actually probably return if they made the playoffs. I, I think it would be very possible as long as he got cleared. But the idea that he'd come back in a few weeks, I mean, this is what, September uh, 11th, he tore his, he, he ruptured his Achilles. I, I just think like he's not a few weeks away. That no. would be shocking to me. So, um, no, I, I don't think he's a few weeks away. I thought if, if they got, were able to sneak in maybe, but you know, he said it very casually, very matter of the fact it was very vague the way he said it. It was kind of a throwaway comment. So I don't yeah. read too much into it. I don't know if you feel differently. Uh, I'm, I'm not a firm believer that he's going to beat science in general, but if he were to come out there, I still think that it's like the offensive line is so bad that I feel like even if he were right. to come back, maybe he'd only make it another four plays. It's it's really, really rough to watch. And I wonder if you are somebody who's a Jets fan or is invested in Jets futures or like yourself who bet them last night, how frustrated are you that the Jets didn't go out and try to grab somebody at the trade deadline, a veteran to at least like in the meantime, be that stopgap while you wait for Aaron Rodgers? It's such a good point because, hey, you're, you're pro- once Rodgers got hurt, you're not winning the Super Bowl. So I understand, hey, you don't want to trade uh, a second, a third, or even a fourth. You don't want to just throw good money after bad. And, man, can, can you imagine if they traded for Cousins like a few weeks ago that he got hurt with the, with the Jets? It would just be the, the jokes and the memes oh, would be no. nonstop. I did think watching that game last night, though. Josh Dobbs basically went for nothing. I mean, he basically went for a sandwich. I think it was like a seventh rounder or a seventh round swap. I don't know that Josh Dobbs with that offensive line, it, it, again, is he going to bring this team to the AFC title game? Probably not. He's better than Wilson, though. He's a serviceable player. And 
uh, you know, it's just funny that Wilson's the second pick. Dobbs is off the scrap heap, so there's this perception that, you know, Wilson, uh, you got to give him every chance. To me, Dobbs is a better player. Dobbs gives you a chance to win that game last night. If you're getting him for free, like like you got like Minnesota got Dobbs, I, I yeah. like if I'm the Jets, I would have had to look into it. I, I don't know if it's hey, we picked this kid second, we have to give him every, every opportunity. I'm sure that's a lot of it. But to me, like if if you're giving me Dobbs last night, they have a much better chance of winning that game. He can at least move the ball. He's at least serviceable. And I understand keeping Zach Wilson as a de- developmental piece because of how much you invested him, drafting him where you did. But yeah, exactly. Like you see what you had to give up for a guy like Josh Dobbs. And it just, it, I feel like it makes it painful watching what Zach Wilson is doing out there. Like he needs to continue to sit back and watch and learn and grow and develop. And he's not given that opportunity right now, thrust into the fire. Some numbers for the folks at home, one touchdown, 18 punts the last two games on the season, 16 and a half points per game for the Jets, 30th in the NFL, 272.9 yards per game, 31st, 169 and a half passing yards per game, 30th, third down percentage, they're dead last three of 17 on third down last night. Oh, all the sacks that he took yesterday. We talk about that offensive line. I feel like every way you look, it was a struggle. And then even with that, I I also feel like I can't put it all on Zach Wilson because all the penalties that they were taking, it was like every time you look up at the Jets, something is going wrong. And it wasn't even all Zach Wilson as much as we want to blame him. I just feel bad for the darn New York Jets defense. And if I'm them, I'm upset at Robert Sala. And you hear all of the press conferences last night. Well, it's like all apologizing to the defense, essentially. Like, you guys gave us an opportunity and we couldn't get there. Like, even one of the Chargers' touchdowns was that 87-yard punt return. After a three and out, by the way, that the defense forced. Yeah, you read all those numbers and they were ugly, but somehow watching it was even uglier. And I agree, the defense is good. I mean, it's not a great defense, but it's a top, you know, probably five or seven defense in the league. It's a really good defense. Um, And you never know. Sometimes these teams, they say, hey, the the Jets can't do anything on offense, so they play more conservative, and and that helps their numbers. But it's a legitimately good defense. It's a shame we didn't get to see. I know the offensive line's not not good, so the team's not perfect. But Rodgers, with that defense, with Garrett Wilson, that would have been fun to see how good they could have been. Um, And I think it's telling. I, I don't know how much of the broadcast you watched, but I was flipping around. Aikman, Peyton Manning. These former quarterbacks have a level of disdain, not just for Wilson, but the concepts of the Jeff's offense. They're very critical. And, you know, the, the, these broadcasters, especially the former players, they're very careful about being critical. They usually, you know, don't get on the players too much. They, they, they're they more conservative in terms of their analysis. They were killing Wilson. They were killing the, the Jets offense. So I think that tells you something where they see, you know, how bad this is when you, when you hear these former players and great players like Peyton Manning and like Aikman, the disdain they have for this Jets offense and for Wilson. Well, and that started right from the jump too, where Aikman's like, that's a throw you have to make as an NFL right. quarterback, right? So it was like right away from that opening drive. But also, and that's about as critical as they get. That's about <laughs> as damning a, a, a statement as you can make. Hey, you have to make that throw in, your, in the NFL. Whereas opposed to, remember if, uh, like a month or so ago, they played the Chiefs and Chris Collins were like, oh man, Wilson, he's not as bad as people think. Look at this throw, look at that throw. And Aikman was the total opposite. Aikman's yeah. like, hey, you got to make that throw. Yeah, I'm not going to apologize for this kid anymore. He's had enough of a sample size for us to see. But then you also, you look at this 21 point win for the Chargers, right? If you hadn't watched the game you'd probably think from the outside looking in oh LA dominated in this one I bet Justin Herbert had a day the Jets actually outgained LA yesterday the Chargers only had 191 yards of total offense Justin Herbert a career low 136 passing yards so it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows for this Chargers team either from a betting perspective by the way Will this week unders 11 and 3 and primetime unders now 75 percent 21 and 7 on the year 10 and 1 the last three weeks you, know, you hear that and you think, all right, I'm going to 
Let me ask you, when you hear that, do you think, all right, I'm going to start playing these unders? Or do you say, all right, now they're going to over-adjust and I'm going to have to play the over? It's interesting. And I remember, you know, doing podcasts, doing the Megapod before the the week, and it was like, man, these quarterbacks are so bad. Uh, And I guess you just can't make the line low enough when you have the DeVitos of the world, Jordan Love. I mean, you could go down the line with these quarterbacks. And Herbert's not even one of the bad ones. Herbert's one of the good ones. I can't remember a time when the, the quarterback play in this league was so bad from top to bottom. And when the quarterbacks are bad, the other team plays conservative. It's just it's hard to get a lot of points. So I don't know going forward that the unders are still going to be there, but it's it's hard to get to the over with some of these bad, really bad quarterbacks. Yeah, bad quarterbacks and a lot of rookies that have been thrust into action. Right. Nine nine starting rookie quarterbacks this year, which is an tied for an NFL record for most for a season. And who knows still what we're going to come. We're only midway through. Um, Chargers, by the way, six-game understreak after their first two games of the season were over. So we'll see if the books start to over-adjust. It always stinks, too, when there's been like an understreak like this. And you're like, all right, now I'm going to jump in on the unders. And that's when, the party. that's when it starts flipping. <laughs> we're going to yep. take our first time out here on the Lombardi line, but we're just getting started when we return some of the big news and notes injury updates around the National Football League. Don't go anywhere. This is Visa and the Sports Betting Network. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new natural hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the natural hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the natural hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
We are officially midway through this NFL season. And if you're not listening to the GM Shuffle podcast, you're missing out. Because if you love this show, you're obviously going to love the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi. He gives his unfiltered opinion on players, teams, coaching decisions every Monday and Thursday all throughout the season. So a new episode, Hot Off the Press, is yesterday. Download and subscribe to the GM Shuffle podcast from Beeson and DraftKings today, wherever you get your podcasts. Super easy to do. Welcome back into the Lombardi line. Will Hill in for Michael today. Stormy Bonantone with you out here live from downtown Las Vegas, Circa Resort in Casino. And Will just wrapped up uh, our Monday Night Football talk, which as exhilarating as it was, I think it's good that we can move off of that bad boy. We had a lot of, of news and updates, particularly to the quarterback position coming through today. According to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler this morning, today's practice for Bears quarterback Justin Fields is going to be critical in determining his availability for Thursday Night Football coming up against the Panthers this week. Matt Eberflus yesterday said he was day-to-day He's practiced twice now in a limited capacity after missing three state starts with that dislocated thumb. So coach is looking to see what he can handle today. The Bears are a three and a half point favorite on Thursday night against Carolina. Do you you get the feel that we're going to get the Justin Field show and move off of Tyson Bajant? Line certainly seems to think it. The market certainly seems to think it. I mean, Bajant and this would be a a separate and, you know, it's part of the conversation, but What's the difference between Bajant and Fields in terms of the number? Maybe a point, point and a half, but Bajant wouldn't be laying three and a half against anybody. Yeah. So market seems to think it's Fields. I think it fits the time window for Fields to come back. You could say, hey, what's the point of bringing Fields back? You know what? Just play the young kid, tank, lose your, get a better pick. But remember the Bears, um, you know, they they have the Panthers pick anyway. So maybe their motivation, you know, isn't where it would be for a team that's rebuilding here. Um, I, I don't make a huge difference between Bajit and Fields, but uh, it certainly seems like it's going to be Fields. I like an under here. Panthers turned the ball over, what, two two turnovers for a touchdown for the Panthers the other day. That was another misleading final where uh, the Colts did nothing on offense, but still won and still won going away, similar to Jets Chargers. And the Bears were minus five in turnovers. I think it was five to nothing in turnovers. So I think both teams will come in and say, hey, let's take care of the ball. Short week, ball security. Let's be a little more conservative on offense. So. Uh, this under has come down, and I can see why. I like an under here. Shop around 39, 39 and a half, 40, all sort of key numbers. I, I would certainly look at an under, though, here. Yeah, you talk about those turnovers. It was interesting. I, I kind of half-watched the Bears-Saints game this weekend, and it gave me the vibes that if the Bears just don't turn the ball over five times, they could have won that game. Like, between turnovers and penalties, sure. every they outplayed the Saints in a lot of ways, but turnovers and penalties, all the shoot-yourself-in-the-foot ways that they could – that's what happened. And Bajan himself, three interceptions. So let's hope, I'm sure they're hoping at least that Justin Fields can grip the football a little bit this week. You know, that would be a, a fortunate change of events for them. You said you have to watch though. I don't, I don't know how, what, what you think of Bajan. He's not bad though. I don't know. Like you, you cover the sideline games. You don't do too many Shepard university games. So I don't think you've seen him in person, but what, what have you thought about Bajan? Cause I don't mind him. I don't think, I think he's a career backup, but I, I don't yeah. think, like, think he's terrible. I don't think he, you know, like DeVito or some of these other guys, like he's not the worst quarterback I watched this week, which is a low bar. I understand. <laughs> and he's certainly confident. We know that much, but no, like he, he's made good plays, but the turnovers are problematic. Like you can't yeah. have interceptions like that. I like what he's able to bring with the ability with his legs. He's clearly got a good arm on him, but accuracy, obviously an issue. And that's why he was an undrafted rookie out of a division two school. Right. So a lot of those things don't just go away, especially at the NFL level when you're playing tougher competition, the saints aren't what, what was that school that all the big stats of his turnovers came through the Colorado school of mines. I think it was like, it's, it's not the Colorado school of mines that you're playing anymore. All right. But uh, I, I like that thought process with the under in this game coming up on Thursday night football Panthers really struggling not only to win, but to cover games this season as well, though, 
one six and one ATS, zero oh, and four against the number on the road. One area they have been winners though. Will listen to this first quarters. Seven and one ATS in the first quarter of the season. Best mark in the NFL. I think that might be the only thing that we say about Carolina having the best mark in the NFL. And the banner. There we go. And the banner. Hey, at least, you know what? They're having a bad season. They're not winning any games. They're not covering any games. At least they'll get a good draft pick. Oh, wait, no, they don't have their draft picks. It's too bad. That's that. See, that's a rough one. You shouldn't have done them dirty like that. Yeah, the uh, the Bears currently in position for the second and third overall picks. The Arizona Cardinals sitting in the spot there um, to potentially have a first overall pick themselves. And they have already started more quarterbacks this year, Will, than they have wins this season. And now it appears that Jonathan Gannon wants to add another one in there. And is going to start Kyler Murray this Sunday, which I'm very curious your opinion on that. And again, they do give the caveat, barring a setback, right? Although he's been a full participant at practice the last two weeks, his 21-day window to be activated to the roster is tomorrow. But given like the financial implications of should Kyler Murray get hurt, the guaranteed money at stake here, and you already know that you're going to be in a position to get a high draft pick, why are you going to mess that up and have Kyler Murray go out there and play football games? I don't understand it. Um, if you're looking for, uh, to me for answers, you're coming to the wrong person. I don't get it at all. It makes no sense to me. Now, Murray's not great, but he's okay enough. And again, this roster isn't great either, but their schedule's pretty soft. They've got some winnable games. They play the Bears, the Texans this week against Atlanta. Like, their schedule's easy enough, and Murray's good enough where he's probably going to get you another win or two. You probably get to three wins, maybe four. I, I, you know, they're one and eight, so I, I, probably four is the ceiling, but... Three or four wins might be enough to knock you out. Like, if you just look around the league, the Giants probably aren't going to win another game with DeVito at quarterback. They're at two. You have competition with Carolina and Chicago. Like, I, I don't get the point of trying to get to two or three wins. This idea of, oh, we got to see what we have with Murray for the new regime, the new offense. You're going to cost yourself a quarterback. Once you get past the top two, there's a drop-off after May and after Caleb Williams. I don't understand it. I always assumed this whole year that Murray was going to sit out and they were just – uh, kind of lying about, hey, he's going to be, we'll play him when he's ready, and they would just keep pushing it off and pushing off. Sounds like he's ready to go. I mean, I, I don't know what you're getting from him in terms of a, court, uh, a performance here. It's been a long layoff. If they hang a rushing prop, I would look it under because I think coming off that leg injury, I just don't know that he's going to be as willing to run or, or the same runner right away. But I'm shocked they're playing him. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. None. Yeah, like I, I would have thought another reason to sit him to preserve the trade value, but maybe you want to yes. play him to see what he's got, maybe not for the future for your franchise, but to show other teams what he's worth and that he's, I don't know. Like every time I try to talk myself into it, making sense, it just doesn't make sense. Especially when you think about the 29.9 million in 2025 salary compensation that's guaranteed if he doesn't uh, pass his physical in March. So I don't know. I thought you got rid of Colt McCoy and Josh Dobbs because you were too at risk of winning games. <laughs> now you're just putting Kyler Murray back in there. And if you're going to tank, Toon was the perfect guy. I mean, yeah. that was not a pretty box score. They have? I think they had 58 total yards of offense. And again, you you comb through some of these box scores. It is, it's tough to watch. Um, it, it, it's some bad football. I don't get it. I really don't understand it. Even if you like Murray going forward, you, you tank, you get the first pick, and that first pick is going to be a huge commodity. Look at what the Bears got from the Panthers, and that's not even, yeah. you know, Young's not even the same prospect that Caleb Williams is. So you could have gotten an absolute haul and say, hey, we'll build around Murray and we'll build around the picks we get from him. It makes no sense to me, none at all. So that line this weekend moved from Cardinals plus two and a half to one against the Falcons, total 42. And I know you mentioned the, the rushing prop, but 
Like now you go from looking at the Cardinals with Clayton Toon as an auto fade and survivor, and that kind of goes away with Kyler Murray at quarterback. What are, what are your general expectations for how he's going to fit into this offense? He's had a couple weeks at practice, like we said, fully out there practicing. He hasn't been in a limited capacity anymore coming off of the ACL. So um, do you think that it's a, a quick transition for him or no? I wouldn't assume that. And again, he's not... He's had more talent in the past around him. They really stripped that roster. They're not good on the offensive line, not good on defense. And again, if you're you're playing a guy coming off an injury, do you really want to put him behind a bad offensive line? At, at two, two and a half, it was an easy teaser leg. At one, I would just wait. If you get to one and a half, it's a nice teaser partner. That should be a close game, I would think. Falcons aren't blowing away anybody. I don't know that we've gotten any word on who's playing quarterback for Lynn. I would assume it's Heineke. Yeah. Arthur Smith, not the most honest Um friendly guy with the media. So you don't know, you know what he's telling you and, and, and things like that. So Cardinals are an obvious teaser leg. I look at Murray for an under for a rushing prop. Uh, I, I don't have any interest in betting this side straight up. I can't imagine a person sitting there watching this game without a bet on it. But uh, if you look at the NFC Atlanta's, I guess still in the mix here for a playoff spot, they don't give you any sort of good feeling in terms of their defense. I mean, blowing that game the other day was so bad. Uh, it's just a strangely coached team. Smith might be in over his head, but nothing for me. Cardinals on a teaser. If you get it to one and a half up to like the seven and a half, that would be it. Yeah, we'll talk about the the Falcons a little bit more later on in the show. Do but we have to? We we unfortunately do, but it's it's good because we'll continue to just pour on Arthur Smith and his awful explanations for his lack of usage with B. John Robinson near the end zone and in general when you have a guy that is averaging five yards per carry and you keep using the guy that's averaging 3.2 yards per carry instead. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But because, oh no, he opens things up for everybody else. Then how come when you have four opportunities at the goal line after you get the ball back, you don't have him on the field at all? But you have him, he opens up opportunities for other guys. I hate it this all. This is about as fired up as I've seen you get. I really like it. And, and Pitts too, they drafted I'm Pitts. I'm a fantasy owner for Bijan Robinson, Will. I know, I've had Pitts on my team too. Pitts is just, it's very frustrating. I get it, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Yes, why is Kyle Pitts not a red zone target? Things I will never understand. Okay, we have to take a quick timeout here, but you mentioned the Vikings obviously getting that win over the Atlanta Falcons. I'm excited for our next guest, Tank Williams, who's going to join us, former NFL safety. Get his thoughts on Josh Dobbs as a former player, the performance that we saw from him coming in, which is five days. Now could he be somebody that could lead Minnesota to potentially be in a playoff spot over 500? We'll discuss that and a whole lot more in a moment. Stay with us on the Lombardi Line. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. 
Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the Natural Hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this week, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code VEGAS when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Stormy Bonantoni and Will Hill holding it down here on the Lombardi line as we now welcome into the show VEASAN Zone. Aaron Moore does great work for us at VEASAN.com. Also sports media professor, was a contributor to the College Hoops basketball guide that just came out a little bit ago. And Aaron, we're one day into the college basketball season and we already have an 11 to one outright upset with James Madison knocking off number four, Michigan state yesterday. I, I think that there were people that anticipated some early upsets. I don't know if they anticipated that. You know what? Uh, first of all, thanks for having me stormy and well, this is the year of James Madison, right? right? Like we're just talking James Madison. And I think it is interesting to look at what we saw last night that Tom Izzo pushes his team unlike any other of the top nationally ranked teams. James Madison is favored to win the Sun Belt. He brings them in first game. Look at some of the other teams in Division One. They were playing Division Three teams last night because they wanted to start out 1-0. and Izzo has a team with seniors and he has a team with or upperclassmen and underclassmen and he pushed them and they lost. And I think the interesting thing about that is your look at DraftKings, the odds for the national championship aren't going to change. Michigan State is still 15 to 1. I think you're going to look back at this and say this is Tom Izzo opening game. No coach wants to lose, right? They, they don't want to lose. That didn't look good for Michigan State. But I do think it helps Tom Izzo and it helps that Michigan State program down the line. And at the same time, they're loving life in Harrisonburg, Virginia, because James Madison used to be this small little school nobody talked about. Now they're one of the big football stories. And they started off the season as last night, as you said, Stormy, maybe they're the biggest college basketball story of day one. Aaron, what is it like handicapping the first week, the first few weeks of college basketball as opposed to 5, 10, maybe 15 years ago now with the college of with the climate of college sports, transfer portal, all the things? Is it harder to do, easier to do? What are your thoughts, just the general changes here in, in college basketball? 
You know what? Well, I think the changes are there's so much information. So let's take away the transfer portal. Let's take away all these different changes that have happened in the last few years. It's easier to get information on teams like James Madison or smaller conferences. There's more information. We can look at the rosters. We can have this digital information at our fingertips. So I think it's great to handicap in this sense. I don't know the last time I picked up a physical newspaper and looked at box scores like I did 25 30 years ago. Now I can look at my computer and have the roster, have uh, possessions per game, all the Bart Torvik, Ken Palm information at your fingertips. That's got to help you. And I think that helps you the first two, three weeks of the season where you see these mismatches and mismatches in terms of profile, where you're going to have power conference teams playing these lower conference teams. Not that many people know about, but you can do your research on these lower teams and you can see the transfer portal has helped them. You can see these rosters aren't what they were 20 years ago and they're going to be competitive. And now I can get those teams catching points. I think it's a it's a golden age right now will for college basketball betters who are willing to do their homework and look outside the power five. As we do shift over to college football, I, I want to go back to James Madison because I know you have a couple games specifically that, that you have good bets on this week, but for them, they this morning made another appeal, wrote a letter to the NCAA. They're one of just seven teams that are undefeated in FBS football right now. And we know that the NCAA doesn't like to admit when they're wrong in a situation. They don't like to make exceptions. But clearly, like, their resume has legs. The fact that it's back-to-back seasons, too, that they've played a full FBS schedule. They're at the 85 scholarships. Do you think that their appeal has legs enough to give them an opportunity to play in a bowl? Because right now, they're in great situation to compete as the top group of five team, which would give them an opportunity to play in a New Year's Six Bowl. And right now, they're held out of it because they can't even play in their conference championship. Stormy, I think we're going to look at this James Madison case, and it's going to be number 3,915 decisions by the NCAA that we don't agree with, that don't seem to make sense, that we're going to argue, and why is this happening? From the outside, obviously, you should let this team into a bowl, into the national championship conversation. They haven't lost a game. That means they are doing better than most teams in the country. However, and here's the big however, They knew what the transition was. They knew what the rules were. This is an anomaly. And I just can't see, yes, they can write letters. Yes, they can uh, put things on social media and say, look how unfair this is. But as you said, the NCAA, I don't think, has any real drive to change midstream here. These were the rules. James Madison knew these rules. I think that the case is more about, wow, James Madison did so good in their first two years. That's kind of a surprise. I just don't see the NCAA acting quickly and making a move that goes against precedent because the power of the NCAA is these rules that these schools abide by. So I just can't see all of a sudden, well, here's our rule for James Madison. You're really good. Okay, let's change it. I just don't see that happening. I think the season ends with James Madison maybe going undefeated, having a gaudy record. You can look back at what they did and say it's an amazing job. However, they're going to be on the outside looking in, and they knew that's what the transition rules were from the start. 
Aaron, the big game of the weekend, Michigan, Penn State. I feel like Penn State, a lot of people are, are the same way with them what they are with the Dolphins. Hey, until they beat a good team, I gotta I gotta see it first. Total 45 and a half, Michigan laying four and a half. What are your thoughts here, Michigan and Penn State? So, well, I want to bet Michigan. And I think there's a little bit of a contrarian aspect to it because everything we hear about Michigan is anti-Michigan. And the spread was around seven to begin with. And I have the spread at, at six. My numbers say six. I want to bet Michigan. But how I'm going to take this is I'm going to ride this anti-Michigan sentiment as long as I can and see if that line continually goes down. I think you're going to have public bettors that are going to say, well, Michigan has this issue with Jim Harbaugh. And this letter was sent from the Big Ten, and it's going to be uh, a penal uh, example against Michigan for what they did. All that is talk, and I think that talk is going to impact the line. I want to take Michigan, certainly, if I can get them under six. I'm going to wait that one out. And, and I think it is interesting, Will, that we look at the futures board, and Michigan is still plus 260 or so to win the national championship. We talk about how they haven't played anybody. But look at the power ratings in terms of DraftKings. They haven't really moved them. So what DraftKings does to look at Michigan compared to other teams for that national championship, even though they haven't played great teams and they're going to play a decent Penn State team, I'm not going to call them great, they're still power ranked a reason. And I think that's one of the aspects we as betters have to look at, that DraftKings or the other national books are saying Michigan has all these checks going against them, but we're still keeping them up there as the first or second favorite. So I'm going to wait it out. I think uh, Penn State, in terms of this game, that we don't necessarily want to bet on James Franklin. And my main takeaway is Drew Aller is a good quarterback against Maryland. He does great against Indiana. However, we saw what he did against Ohio State, and I think the same aspect duplicates itself against Michigan. He's just not that same quarterback against the top of the Big Ten that he is against the middle of the Big Ten. Aaron, one or two games on the Saturday card that you love this week? So I think we'll, we'll stick with these big games. I think one of the main storylines to look at is obviously USC. We're talking USC. We're talking Michigan. And both of those examples, we're not really talking about it in a positive way. One of the games that I like is the, is the under of the USC-Oregon game. Mm -hmm. Now, you look at Oregon, and they are the top-scoring offense. And what USC did to fire their defensive coordinator says something to me that Lincoln Riley is going to go into the Big Ten and he's going to be on a little bit of a hot seat. USC did not hire him just to have a flashy offense. They expected wins like they got last year. So what is the quickest way for USC to fix this horrible defense? Yes, fire their defensive coordinator. And then the second part is just slow the game down. I think you're going to see fewer possessions with USC. And that's going to hopefully, in this case, if you take the under, it's going to slow this game down. One of the most interesting USC stats I saw so far is they have an average of 63 games excuse me, 63 plays per game. But on the road, it jumps up to 73. That's too many snaps. That exposes your defense to making too many mistakes. So I think you're going to see a slower down version of USC. And with Caleb Williams, I think you're going to see him enter this section of the season now, maybe a little less interested to improvise and do all those great things that he's done and keep USC moving 
offensively, I think you see a slowdown in this USC-Oregon game. Yeah, you wonder if that motivation factor finally starts to take its step back. And Oregon's defense, too, much better than what they saw last week against Washington, that's for sure. Aaron, thank you so much. This was great. Thank you very much, guys. Good luck to you. That's Aaron Thanks, Moore Aaron. doing wonderful things for us again at vcin.com. We're going to step aside, wrapping things up on the Lombardi line with Will Hill coming up next. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.